We come to you again in Let's Talk Ed. Chris uh, had been talking uh, last segment about the uh, social media best practices uh, in community colleges. He's compared us to uh, universities. And now we're taking a deeper dive, Chris. I would like you to address the issue of, well, there typically there's one of you, two of you, if it's a you know, if it's a big investment in people, how do you scale the work, the workload and how do you generate content that is specific to particular events or to particular periods of times, but also f- that general attractive thing? You don't want to be stale. You don't want to bring out your 1970s uh, ads uh, and just brush them and call it a day, do you? No, not not at all. So, you know, the strategy is is much different on social media where, uh, you know, you look at like newspaper ads from from back in the day and they tended to be pretty wordy. Um, You know, they tended to, you know, in some cases, here is our schedule of classes and something like that just isn't going to work on social media. What you're trying to do is literally get people to stop the scroll. Uh, and you have a very short amount of time to do that. Uh, so it it can be, you know, you do get like that burnout. You do get the, the creative slump, uh, from people where, you know, sometimes you, you just, you just have to keep feeding the beast and sometimes you do get tired and, you look at a community college and you do typically have a, a small department uh, that you might have one or two people wearing all of the marketing hats. And, right. uh, you know, that is everything from generating a form for advising to, uh, you know, generating catalogs to social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, one of the, the things when you do have that small staff that's really, really important is that planning. And is that how do I get multiple things out of one piece of content? So uh, one of the things that, that I do all the time is reach out to our instructors and say, you know, I want to come to your class when you're doing interesting things, interesting visual things so I can capture photos and videos. And when I'm doing that, I'm thinking about that in the context of, you know, maybe I need this for a recruiting piece, but I'm also thinking about this in the context of what will look good on social media, uh, what will look good in a very short video. And uh, it's, it's tricky, Um, you know, and, and you do get pressure sometimes from administration to, you know, oh, hey, why can't you go viral or something like that? And there isn't a go viral button that you push somewhere. Uh, So, you know, it's tough and you're working as a small unit. Uh, Social media sometimes can feel like a 24 hour job because people don't just comment between nine and five you know, when the office is open. So you may get that comment at, you know, nine o'clock at night. And do you address it then? Or do you address it the next morning when you come into the office? Uh, excellent point. Because in preparation for our conversation over the week, I 
I went to a place an old uh, fart like me goes to LinkedIn. And I looked at what some colleagues and other institutions are doing. And I wouldn't say the majority, but very frequently, the videos I saw are stage things where people are trying to smile or laugh. And it's not working, right? And, yeah. and you bring in the diversity into the picture, knowing that you don't have diversity in your area, right? We're trying to drag in the sole person that represents this, this ethnic, religious, or, or disability group, or whatever uh, protected uh, uh, entity. And, 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 you know, why stage it if you can walk down the hallway and snap pictures of real world events that are happening that are not fake? And, and that's one of the things that I find very important when I'm getting pictures and videos is to get that very organic feel. Because, again, our, our consumers of social media, our prospective students, they see that stuff from a mile away. They don't want to see someone holding a beaker in the air saying, I'm doing a science and, uh, you know, call it good. I don't mind if I go into a classroom and students have books and papers and drinks scattered out on a desk because I know how that is. I, you know, that's how class is every day. I'm not looking for somebody to walk in and, you know, I'm going to take my uh, tools and make sure that the book is at a proper 90 degree angle and, you know, the pencil is perfectly straight or something like that. I don't want those sanitized photos. I don't want to go, you know, and again, I'm in an area where uh, ethnically we are over 90% Caucasian. Uh, you know, if I can get organic photos of uh, you know, students that represent other groups, great. But I'm not going to, you know, start calling up people and saying, hey, I need the African-American, I need the Asian, I need the Hispanic person, and we all need to come together and pretend you're friends, even though maybe you guys have never talked. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to do anything like that. Um and I know that there are some people that do want that really sanitized. You know, I don't want open books on a desk. Well, how do you learn? Um, so, you know, I, I'm not looking for that super sanitized thing. The only thing that, that I do is uh, when I know I'm coming to a class, I encourage the instructor to tell students if they have apparel uh, for a college to wear that and to dissuade them from wearing apparel for other colleges that particular day. Yeah, so in the minds of many administrators like myself, we got stuck a few years ago on a couple of words, you know, geofencing, right? Everything, you need to geo, why aren't you geofencing? And the other word uh, is, is uh, impressions, right? Are you hitting the impressions, right? And you talked about it, uh, you know, why did why does your uh, particular post get uh, three likes, whereas my uh, the picture of my uh, kitten gets 250, therefore you don't know what you're doing. So, so 
Walk me through it because generating content isn't the same uh, for particular audiences, isn't the same as really uh, taking a picture of, of my son's first uh, tooth coming out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the geofencing is something that everybody latched on to when, when it became the hot new thing almost 10 years ago. Uh, and the concept sounds really cool. Like we are going to target people in this specific area. And there is certainly a time and a place for that. Uh, but one of the issues with geofencing is you are serving impressions to anyone that goes in that particular area. So, you know, let's say, oh, I want to geofence around this high school. Well, in addition to serving the students, you're also serving parents that come in there. You're serving the faculty, the employees that are there. Uh, geofences are not always pinpoint accurate. So you may be serving people driving by the school. So it's not the most effective way to target your advertising. Certainly it has purposes. Uh, there's a time and a place for it. I don't use it uh, in my digital strategy very often because uh, it, it, it casts too wide of a net for what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, as far as like impressions go, yeah, impressions are important. When you're, when you're buying advertising, you are uh, buying impressions and that's simply people seeing your content. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at things like click-through rates. I'm looking at uh, engagement rates and things like that. Those are the important numbers to me. Uh, so, you know, you're trying to come up with the content that will engage with audiences. And, you know, if we're putting something out there that says sign up for this chemistry class that starts on March 9th, eh, that's not really going to engage very well. Um, but, you know, if we figure out a way, you know, maybe, maybe we show a very powerful chemistry experiment and your messaging changes to, you know, learn how to do this, chemistry starts March 9th, uh, that becomes a different kind of thing. So, uh, you know, a big part of it is really trusting your people to know the best way to do this. And, and I think, you know, in our next segment, we're going to take a little deeper dive into that concept too. Yeah, let's do that because, because you know, we're going to be touching on, on something, uh, you know, what are the expectation and what's the empowerment, right? Because we can keep on talking and dive deeper and deeper, but let's put, now that you've put the nail in the coffin of geofencing. Yes. So, folks, uh, it was another segment of uh, Let's Talk Ed with Chris walking us through how to scale the workload uh, uh, in terms of uh, generated content, in terms of how we put the word out, the good word about our uh, community colleges in a time when we don't have enough people and resources to do it. And Chris is going to walk us through uh, how to set the expectations and how to empower the people in the next segment. This week, we're talking about social media 
development, not just uh, use uh, in community colleges. And we started by comparing it uh, against what universities do and what and how they can do things. Uh, Chris, thanks again. I really learn every time talking to you. Folks, don't forget that you can uh, not just learn from uh, Chris, but also uh, subscribe and Ring that bell if you're on YouTube, but also find us wherever you find your podcast. We'll catch you next time here on Let's Talk Ed.